0: Welcome back, Nature Nerds. Uh, It is I, Megan, sitting across my co-host, That's right.
1: Yes. I am back.
0: You're back. Um, I can see your face. I'm in one piece. It's wonderful. I might
1: tear up a little bit. Sorry, everyone, but it's been a little while. Just a moment. We're back. (laughs) Sometimes you got to do some stuff. Back on track. Sometimes you got to get some organs removed. (laughs) That's all you got to do. It's fine.
0: It's it's okay. Sometimes you need to get uh your legs extended so you're just a little <laughs> bit taller, you can reach the things on the top shelf.
1: It's, it's actually fine. what I did. It's yeah. Fine. Got some leg extensions. Some lip
0: filler. You're it's good. It's all go. good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: jokes jokes all right so i know you're going to be telling our story today jan i'm very excited about it i'm so excited i do have a science news i think at the end of this episode we will be shouting out a new patron
1: we will be sorry for the delay Crazy.
0: forever and let me just real quick say that somebody suggested a topic i covered that topic I cannot remember what it was. We had a conversation on you know the topic. On Instagram. I don't. I think it was the Everest episode, but someone had suggested it to us and I 100% forgot to shout them out and then uh, they wrote me on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then I wrote them like, oh, I'm going to totally give you a shout-out. And then I lost the Instagram message, and I just want to say, please message us again so I can give you a proper wow. shout-out.
1: So that's like a third time? I know. third time's a charm. Wow, that's... That's what I'm saying. That's, that's kind of bad. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. I mean,
0: I I'm love so you, Megan, sorry. but the memory space. It's not there, all right?
1: Yeah, well, I also... Well, I'll talk about it at the end, but I mm-hmm. also can't find a listener suggestion that i know is going to be in my next episode or that kind of has to do with this episode anyway and so i'll but i'll bring it up later all right okay
0: all right jen are you ready for a little science and news i'm so ready let's hear it so this has kind of been on my mind we've been talking about a number of different things there are all these new things coming out on netflix uh, having to do with serial killers and so this is from ifl science It is entitled Serial Killer Database Shows Strange Decline in Serial Killers Since the 1980s. Yeah, because DNA. Because DNA. Well, not only DNA,
1: Jen. Well, there's a lot of things.
0: There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Uh, But they do say there's a little, like, tagline on the bottom that's like, no, it is not because of a serial killer killing serial killer.
1: (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God. That would be amazing.
0: That's like Dexter. That's like Dexter level, right? Yeah. It's not because Dexter's out there, you guys. All right, so... Uh, apparently serial killers have been dwindling in numbers since hitting their peak in the 1980s. (laughs) Like Like my childhood. Yes. Perfect. We were just talking about how my mother lived in areas where there were a lot of serial killers, like Chicago, 1979. And then you like raise an eyebrow at your mom. You're like, like, what were you doing? What's going on here? (laughs) Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So in the 1990s there was a forensic psychology teacher at Radford University his name is Michael G Amund I'm not saying that yeah, right A A M O D T um, and he started, I guess he gave a task to his class, and the, the task was to create a profile for serial killers. So that profile included a timeline of their murders, their life history, basic information, demographic information, and then information about the crimes that they committed. And at first, all these projects, he just kind of stored them away. And then um, later, when websites became like very popular, he added it to a website. And then eventually that information was transferred over to a database. And that database has become the most comprehensive database on serial killers, period. Wow. Yeah.
1: I would think that database would be with the FBI. So... (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure he shared this with the FBI. Okay, that was like a whole thing. Going to say because you know they have their own task force for serial killers and all that stuff. Profilers wasn't that in like the 50s or no 70s? 70s. That's that other show. You're right. Which also I love. I wish they would make a new season of that
1: for real. Get
0: it together. Okay, moving on. Uh, So using the FBI definition of serial killers, which is people who unlawfully killed two or more victims in separate events, and let me just say, unlawfully killed. I'm sorry. Is there murder that's lawful
1: yeah people who execute people serial killers <laughs> people <laughs> who kill serial killers is it like put them to death they see like a, the same guy like who does the injection
0: oh okay okay. or pulls the i see, thing. I, see. I yes okay that uh,
1: they can be a lawful murder? or or a police officer who has shot multiple victims okay. or victims or
0: perpetrators well or... hopefully but not unlawfully I mean, that's a whole nother thing to show. Well, yeah, we won't even go there. But I'm just saying if it was
1: like warranted and lawful.
0: see, you know, that's why we have this podcast so that I don't just go out on a limb here. Like I can start (laughs) killing people. But but, officer, it was lawful.
1: I'm pretty sure it was lawful. (laughs) They cut me off in
0: traffic. It was (laughs) (laughs) totally fine. Oh, God. Anyway, so using that uh, FBI definition, the researchers from Radford University and Florida Gulf Coast University have documented killers from around the world, and they found some pretty interesting stuff. So do you know the country with the most recorded serial killers? America. America. What's up, America? Uh, Just leading the way.
1: (laughs) Well, but I have to say, have you ever watched Murder Maps? I'm no. pretty sure it started like in England well, because then they all just came over. Yeah. Here.
0: Yeah. They just got on the boat. They were like, we got to get out of here. Because
1: don't they, you know, there's one theory that Jack the Ripper actually mm-hmm. ended up coming to the United States. And then what was that World Fair thing and all those people? Yes. It was the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was the same guy. There was
0: another like U.S. Ripper kind of.
1: Yeah. That was in Chicago.
0: Yes. Yes. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So since 1900, the year 1900, uh, there have been 3,613 recorded serial killers in the Uh, united states yes that's a lot that's 67 percent of the world's serial killers (laughs) which is crazy because we only have 4.35 percent of the world's population so Mm -hmm. it's just we're just over here and then you could take another
1: percent of that of how many are male versus female and a percent of that of how many are white yeah which i know there are some you know there have been some black serial killers and women and stuff but it's predominantly white young white males white dudes with those glasses with those
0: that one if you go to an optometrist and you're like this is the frame that i want they're like they flag you they put you on a list now
1: listen i was just in oklahoma with my (laughs) my nieces who are you know in their 20s -hmm. and one of them has a friend Uh that he wears serial killer glasses and i guess it's like a cool thing now it's coming back i mean i don't really get i'm now at that age where i'm like i don't understand right some of the fashion trends I like when, get it.
0: when I would wear some things that were definitely like fashion trends in the 60s and my mom would be like why are you wearing that yes and I'd be like because it's cool and she'd be like I literally grew up with that stop it
1: yeah <laughs> you would hear your parents say that mm-hmm. like I, I should have just saved what I had you know from the 70s and given it to you right yeah wow well here we are good times mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the next closest to the
0: U.S. is England with 167 because originators I'm you know saying what I mean?
1: Yeah, white dudes. Um,
0: okay, the next one, <laughs> <gonna> white, <laughs> white, just white dudes. The next one I found really surprising,
1: which is... Japan. Oh, with a oh, hundred and
0: thirty-seven, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, maybe some repressed feelings there. A lot of yeah. Um, South Africa at one twenty-three is the next. India one twenty-one and Canada one nineteen. Um, Are they all still white dudes though? I'm just saying, South right? Africa. Is that the apartheid? Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. So those are the only countries where there have been over a hundred serial killers. So there are other, obviously, other countries have a, over. You know, they have. Oh, yeah. serial killers, but they, they don't have a hundred. Listen more. to
1: Case Files. Australia's got a lot. That's a
0: great show, by the way. It you is, recommended it, and it is good. I like it. I love it. I like it. Some just people hate. His voice.
1: They hate. Some people hate it. They yeah. hate them. On, I love it. It's great. I'm like, just tell me the facts. <laughs> Give me the story. Let's just hear it. Yeah.
0: It's not so much banter.
1: You <laughs> can't it's really banter with opposite himself. of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Total opposite.
0: So anyway, let me just tell you real quick that eleven percent of those serial killers in the US have been a women ladies 11 uh-huh. that's it and with the percentage of female serial killers going down over the years in comparison to men because i don't know ladies they got, are like, getting more rights I, we're I mean, about to we're about to see an uptick in lady serial killers like here in a minute a lot
1: of time <laughs> <Right. laughs> probably yeah i mean the ones we know of mm-hmm. a lot of them were just killing dudes that made them mad. I mean, it was like pent up aggression towards.
0: What's her name? Um, in Florida, Eileen
1: Warnos. Uh huh.
0: Like she was horribly abused. Yeah,
1: she was just taking it out on. And the, she on was, the, and then yeah. there were
0: these Johns, and she was like, "That's it, I'm, I'm done, done, over it."
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like for most, not all, because yeah. there's definitely some psycho women. Oh, for sure. But I feel like for some women, and like in her case, there was a reason. Mm-hmm. Whereas in other reasons, they're like. I just want to eat a dead person. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. watching. I just started watching Dahmer and I. You're in it. I was, t- I was texting Megan last night. I was like, I don't think I can do it.
0: And I was like, what episode are you on? And you're like, two, only two. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. And I was like, you can do it, Jen. Just you're going to need a lot of tissues. It's there's so much heartbreaking stuff that goes on in that series. Yeah, I
1: just, I just, it's, it's too rough. much. It's I hate him so much. Yeah freaking worse yeah i just don't know if i want to watch it maybe i'll turn it off for a while i did watch um another one your one of your recommendations mayor of east town oh so good that was great yeah freaking kate winslet that's
0: where you can love evan peters
1: oh evan peters he's amazing that kid but kate winslet
0: also amazing just
1: amazing anyway there's some recommendations right there for you right that you didn't ask for
0: female serial killers. So we had said there were 11% uh, from, like, 1900, and then about 1980, I guess it's gone down to about 6%. And more likely, they're going to be killing using poison, you know? Like, that's a big thing. Yeah, And then also, I, I wonder if there's, like, a correlation between... Like groups if there's a man and a woman together or you know what I forget what that's called. It's like a thing where like you guys have the same mindset and so you do crazy stuff together.
1: Like uh, the Ken and Barbie yeah. murders. Yeah. Right. And yes. they kill a few people.
0: Yeah, her yeah. sister and some other people. There yeah. Some other some random stuff with there, that.
1: Yeah, there's a few couples. It's very natural born killers. Yeah. But do you know why females kill? Why do females kill? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they hate men.
0: <laughs> part of it but i guess they found out that financial gain was a primary motive for women and male cer- serial killers uh-huh. were more likely to kill for their own enjoyment and more often control. than not control yeah yes. and they were more into shooting or strangling their victims again control especially the strangling part that's yes. super intimate and awful so and then victims of female serial killers typically are family And male serial killers typically go after non-family members. Right. Like, just random folks. All right. So messed up. Um, They broke down the crimes even further, and they looked into, like, super grim stuff that I don't necessarily... I don't know if we want to talk about this, but we're talking about, like, um, cannibalism, necrophilia. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about...
1: In a different way. Cannibalism. Cannibalism, Yes. But
0: culturally. That's a culture. That's not the same thing. Uh,
1: But yeah. (laughs) yeah. Is that lawful killing? (laughs) Right. Is that would that be considered? I mean, culturally. Sure. I don't know. Uh,
0: One strange thing shown by the data that they collected is that the decline in killings by serial murderers in the United States peaked up in the 1980s at 404 victims in 1987 Just 1987. Wow! But during the 80s, there were 150 serial killers who had killed two or more victims and 104 who had killed three or more victims. And since then, there was this huge decline with 138 serial killers who killed two or more victims in the 1990s total and 89 who had killed three or more. Um, so if we fast forward to 2010, between 2010 and 2018, uh, which is the last year where they have complete data in their mm-hmm. database, uh, there were just 43 serial killers in those years, all of those years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that had killed two or more victims and 23 who had killed three or more.
1: That they know of.
0: That they know of, Right. They're like, OK, there's some reasons why the decline happened. Part of it is that there could be better detection with law enforcement. So like yes. technology. Yeah. So they're catching them faster.
1: Profiling. Profiling. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
0: DNA. There's I guess people look more into things like insurance fraud. <laughs> no, it's like like when you watch a show. Right. About mm-hmm. someone who's killed somebody and they're like, oh, they took out an insurance policy. It's like number one. Of that, course. That guy, yeah. That guy killed. Yeah. You know, it happened. Yeah. Um, so. The uh, the ones who have financial motives are less likely to be undetected. So they're found out much quicker. Right. Um, So they're either caught before meeting the definition of a serial killer or they're put off murdering because of financial because it's going to be too easy to catch them.
1: Right. It's like those guys who have killed multiple wives. Right. Like, Like, she just fell off the cliff. I don't know.
0: (laughs) You can't do that anymore. People figure it out too quickly. Right, right. There's also been a decline in opportunity for seasoned serial killers and potential serial killers who are seeking their first victims. Because who hitchhikes anymore? True. I mean, I did see this really funny meme about how, like, when we were growing up, your parents said, never get into a car with someone you don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And now there's, like, Uber. Uber. Where you just willingly get into it <laughs> and you pay that person. So it's kind of surprising that there haven't been more. But everything's so traced. Well, and
1: everything's on video. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like now it's gonna be really hard to everything's too digital. But maybe yes. serial killers are finding more things that satisfy them online.
0: That's possible. So they don't
1: actually kill people. Because there's a lot of effed up stuff. Online. There's
0: some real weird things, yeah. Yeah. So the team wrote a report in 2020, and they said stricter parole policies have put fewer potential serial killers back on the streets. So a lot of the issues when we watch these things from like the 70s and 80s was like they went to jail. They all went to jail yeah. or something, but they were released because no one... Cared, or there was, like, a stigma surrounding, uh-huh. you know, like, homosexuality or whatever. And they were like, whatever, we don't want to deal with this. Go back out on the street. And then they just, like...
1: Yeah, the homophobic thing. Jesus. Real problem.
0: Awful. Um, they said, since the nineteen fifty since 1950 in the United States, 16.8% of the serial killers in our database killed again after being released from prison for a prior homicide... Insane. This figure combined with the fact that 79% of US serial killers spent time in jail or prison prior to their first murder supports the relationship between longer prison sentences and decreased serial killer frequency. So there's also, uh, because of I was saying that hitchhiking thing, decline in hitchhiking, there's a decreased availability of high-risk targets. Um, less people offer rides to strangers, uh, less kids walk to school, Mm -hmm. you know, like they got to take a bus or the parents take them or, or whatever. And there's a lot of, I remember when I was working in a, like kind of after school situation, there are a lot of, uh, policies and restrictions on who can pick up a kid when, and they got to show ID and they have, you know, there's a lot more stuff. Whereas like when we were younger, it was like, just go home. Just walk. Okay, bye.
1: <laughs> oh God, I would walk like <laughs> my sometimes just like okay, I'm going home <laughs> yeah, now. Totally, yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. And now it's much more strict because of those things that happened in the 70s and 80s. And
1: the other thing I think is online dating, people, yes. and you can in people now can pull up like the police records or a profile. Mm-hmm. They can do a background check before oh, they go yeah. out with somebody. Oh yeah, before like that was there. Do that. Yeah, yeah.
0: They're just picking you up in a bar. Yeah, you don't have a cell phone. Nope. Yeah, technology, man.
1: Technology is keeping like us screwing us it up for <laughs> keeping us safe killers. for
0: some things, but like other things, not so great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are all the the kind of findings that they found from this. I think they published this someplace, but I am not sure. I don't see it in the article. But I thought it was an interesting thing to think about. That like, I wonder if this is going to give us a false sense of security, or if what if it is that serial killers have just adapted. You know, <laughs> they've evolved, they've evolved uh-huh. and we just don't know it yet. That's yeah. my biggest worry. But... I'm just
1: thinking all those crimes that you're mentioning. Yeah. That's why there's so many true crime uh, podcasts and documentaries. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. Because I always think about the serial killer that killed my neighbor. Right. And I've never heard it talked about on a podcast. Which is the craziest story. It is a, such a crazy story. I wish that somebody... I know, I was supposed to... I was like, well, I guess I could write to somebody. When
0: did we talk about it? What Do you remember what episode we talked way about? That one? It was like way back. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it was a patron episode no. or a patron episode or if it was like a
1: regular one. If you're a true crime podcast and you want to know <sighs> the story... Jen will tell it to you. Let it's me know. It's insane. It's super insane. My yeah. mom actually went to court. Yeah. Crazy. She's a witness. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for that, Megan. I You're feel welcome. I feel better knowing there's fewer serial killers, although I'll never yeah. stop telling my daughters. Oh. To like that guy could be a serial killer. And you now you know. won't know because of the glasses, because apparently it's cool now. It, right. It's coming back into fashion. Like, come on, people. <laughs> Don't make this so they're giving serial killers like an in, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you won't know. <laughs> Eyeglass fashion. I mean, that's how you would always know. Yeah. So
0: man. just good times. Uh, Well, I am excited to hear your story for today.
1: I am so excited to share it with you and everyone because, and it's funny, I usually pull my story up on my computer, but mm-hmm. I know that Megan can see reflections.
0: <laughs> oh, well, now that there's a quilt hanging behind you, I can't really <laughs> yeah. see as much. <laughs> there's like a mirror behind me and then my
1: glasses. And I was like, I'm not going to pull it up because I don't want her to see it. All right, Megan. So as you know, and as our listeners know, I mm-hmm. recently... Was in Oklahoma because I had to have a little surgery. Little thing. Um, And I stayed with my sister, Mm -hmm. which was great. It was really fun to spend time with her because she was kind of in between. Like she had just kind of finished this big job that she's been doing forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teaching. And then (laughs) she retired from that and she was moving into a different kind of thing. Yeah. And so she was off for those couple of weeks while I was there. So, and you guys got to chill. so we just like chilled out. Our kids are grown. Mine were in Guam. And so we just hung out as though we were kids, but like much older and nice to each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just it Saturday was, morning cartoons. It was fun. It was really fun. My sister That's is great. great. I love her. So we, um, while I was there, mm-hmm. I was thinking about what my next story was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I had to actually watch something in order to to get the information and this is something that a lot of people watched a long time ago Mm -hmm. and because it's based in Oklahoma I felt like I needed to talk about it man
0: I'm searching my brain right now I'm having I'm like racking my brain let's go back to
1: March of 2020 when everybody was shut down for COVID Mm -hmm. and watching Tiger King oh my god we're going to talk about Tiger King today I'm so excited (laughs) I know a lot of you have forgotten about it right you watch Tiger King and then a later tiger king 2 hopefully i don't think i you know what i don't think
0: i ever watched tiger king 2 i know i'm i'm trying to are remember sure? if i did well it's it, that whole time period just kind of agglomerates together it's all <laughs> just like blah, blah, whatever
1: so for those of you who are like me that were like you know what no i'm not <laughs> i'm not interested Oh, I mean, so everybody good. was talking about it. So everybody good. was like, this is, you know. Yeah. So for those who don't know, it, it's basically, it's a Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. And the way that IMDb describes it, it's a rivalry. That's a hard word to say. That's a hard word. It's a conflict. There we go. <laughs> between big cat eccentrics takes a dark turn when Joe Exotic, a controversial animal park boss, is caught in a murder for hire plot. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's such a simplistic view of it.
1: It is so simplistic, very simplistic. But, you know, I just want to say real quick, there's a reason I didn't watch it. Mm -hmm. And and I always thought about it. I was like, you know, I grew up in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. for most of my life until high school and we moved to Washington. But I was, and then I went back and I went to, college in oklahoma yeah. and all that stuff i'm from there yes. that's where my family is from you know they came from <laughs> arkansas texas whatever but they're from oklahoma yeah um and joe exotic and the other characters mm-hmm. in this documentary i grew up with these people around in right. my periphery they were not my family like nobody right, was right, right. really like that but i mean they're just around those types of people know those, those exact people not but, those exact yeah, yeah, yeah. people like i didn't know any of them <laughs> but <laughs> i'm just saying they're around and not just mm-hmm. oklahoma i mean you know like around oh yeah but definitely that area like texas kansas y- you know arkansas you know if you're from yeah. there you know yeah and and you just i've seen them i've been around them i had no interest in watching them right i was like i don't care i already know what to expect and to be honest, I watched it only because I wanted to talk about it with yes, you. Yes. And everybody. So good. And I wanted to just bring it back up. It's like we're moving into twenty-three. Let's just go back a little bit. Let's bring up some old feelings. Yeah. And some old news. Let's do but it. But I was talking to my niece about it. She's uh in her twenties, mid-20s. Mm-hmm. I was telling her, I was like, you know, I never wanted to watch this. She's like, yeah, why do you want to watch something? It's like, we see these people all the time. <laughs> it was the same, same thought, yeah. you know? And when I asked my family there, I was like, did you guys watch this? They're like, oh yeah, we watched. I mean, it was fine. Mm-hmm. They didn't really care. I mean, they were just like, yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah. it's it's weird. They're just like, those people are really messed up. And that was kind of their whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I did watch it and I had, um, I had a lot of thoughts. I'm, I'm excited make to hear share your those thoughts you. on this, yes. But first, let's talk about the main players, because there's a lot of people that haven't seen this. Yes. So, of course, we're going to start with Joe Exotic. And this is from yes. everything. He's a self-described gay gun-toting cowboy with a mullet. I love it. Yep, yeah, he um, apparently was described as a charming local legend in Oklahoma, which I'm sure at some point he was, mm-hmm. until he was arrested for plotting to kill Another big cat, Exo- rescue, yeah. the exotic cat person. Yes. Yeah, we'll go there. We'll talk about that in a minute. Carol yeah. Baskin. We, yes. I know a lot of people have a <laughs> lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings. I'll share mine. Yeah. And, that, you know, I'll see what Megan thinks. I love it. Um, So he was born in March 5th, 1963 in Kansas. Grew up on a farm. He was the middle child of four siblings. And some of you will remember some of this. Mm-hmm. his real born name that he was born with because he has a very different he has his a lot of di- name He's a lot of different names at this point joseph Shri vogel i think i'm saying that right okay so a lot of this i'm going to be like if you want to know all the details go watch the the show they go watch the show yeah and a yeah. lot of people already know this because they basically go into his background i mean he was a police officer for a while mm-hmm. which is just weird i think in texas and then eventually he ended up in Oklahoma and he bought a horse ranch and he named it after his brother. Cause remember he had a, like a thing for his oh, brother right. that died. Yes. And he named it Gerald Wayne Exotic Animal Park that was the GW. And later it was the greater Winniewood. Mm-mm. I had to ask my sister because I think I called it Winwood and she's like, No, it's Winniewood. <laughs> and I was like, What? But why? <laughs> um, so it was, that was sixteen acres and a lot of people just call it the GW exotic animal park. Um, and so he went there and they say like before he know he knew it, he had like a ton of tigers, lions, all kinds of things mm-hmm. happening and it became like a real wildlife park. He was there for 20 years and he would mostly hire ex-convicts homeless people drug addicts they talk about that in the documentary a little bit yeah and he paid them very little like 150 a week mm-hmm. to do very dangerous work
0: <laughs> very dangerous
1: later he changed his name to joseph Allen Baldano passage after all the husbands so i'll go into this more later but we know that there was a lot of years there where he you know had these USDA inspectors would always go by these Mm -hmm. kind of roadside zoos and parks for inspections. He was cited multiple times and for different violations. So like I said, you'll know, you'll know if you watch it, but I'll talk about it a little bit. And then finally he was just, just insanely talking (laughs) about how much he wanted to kill this lady, Carol Baskin, because she was all over his case because she found out that he was doing all this, Cub petting, mm-hmm. and that he was breeding tigers, and that is possible that these, you know, it's kind of a bad. I'll talk about that more later too. It's a bad cycle of basically tigers. Once they get too big, euthanizing, right? They euthanize them, mm-hmm. and so she caught wind of it. She was really into rescuing tigers and bringing them to her, her sanctuary. Sanctuary, yeah. right? So she was trying to shut him down. He hated her so much. It just insane the stuff he was doing just escalates it escalates it escalates until finally he just got super caught in a murder for hire (laughs) um super caught super it was so he was so caught and that was in january 2020 he was convicted on 17 federal charges of animal abuse (sighs) including killing five tigers and illegally selling tiger cubs so that was in addition to the murder the hire Mm -hmm. um conviction so he allegedly hired a hitman who's also on the show. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. For three thousand to travel from Oklahoma to Florida to kill Carol. And also then he tried to hire another hitman who was actually an undercover FBI agent. He offered ten thousand dollars and that was in December of twenty
0: seventeen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like all his antics alone were enough. Oh yeah. I mean, you're threatening to kill somebody. Yeah.
0: I I definitely have a lot of opinions about, like, why he went down the roads he went down that I...
1: We're going to go there. Okay. Okay. So, some of his remaining tigers were eventually moved to... Eventually, and it's kind of a lot happens Mm -hmm. that you'll see, especially in the part two. It's really interesting. But a lot of them get moved to a sanctuary in Colorado, which I'm going to talk about because it's pretty amazing. If you've seen the show, you'll know because I think he... So, he was originally arrested in 2019, and prior to that, he had started working because he, I guess, knew things were coming down the line. He started working with uh, his friend, mm-hmm. Jeff Lowe. Yes. That guy. Bandana that guy. guy. Yes. And gave him the license. I mean, and this is all the, what the show's about. Gave mm-hmm. him the license and basically the ownership of the zoo. And that then he went... That guy's a real bad guy. Yeah. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> So he had to evacuate that zoo mm-hmm. because... He had to get, basically, there was, and I'll go into a little bit more later, but yeah, they had to, he had to move everything and he moved down to Thackerville, Oklahoma to start a new zoo and started trying to get, because they only had so much time to get everything out. But anyway, so that zoo, the GW Zoo, is- Mm -hmm. Permanently closed. There is, there's no, n- nobody there, nothing there, nobody there. But my sister told me because one of my nieces works for Oklahoma City Animal Control or the Animal Welfare. Yeah. She helps. She does all the adoption stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. That's cool. And so she actually had to go here and she said the smell, it was putrid no yeah but before i mean it was when everything was gone already but it was because there were dead animals just there just there Mm -hmm. oh god i don't have any details on that but yeah just and now that joe exotic is in prison prison Mm -hmm. he says that no animals belong in a cage and he said if he could go back 20 years he would never have caged an animal yes wow karma Karma. okay so now we're going to talk about Jeff Lowe, the guy who took over. So I read this article. It's from March. There's a lot from March of 2020, March, April, because everyone's like, whoa, about this. Um, there's an article in SB Nation. It is this guy, Chris Shute. As in shoot farms. <laughs> oh, I like Dwight. As in Dwight. Dwight. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, this guy, Chris Shute, he wrote some really funny stuff. He said, if there's one word that best sums up Lowe's persona, it's sleazy. His standards, <laughs> his standard attire of ripped jeans, a bandana, and baseball hat are showing extreme levels of, and then he kind of said, but I was just like, extreme levels of just like ick, doucheiness. Yes.
0: And I feel like he's, like, one of those guys... It's like Keith Richards can get away with wearing eyeliner and whatever because he's Keith freaking... Richards okay yeah. but this guy no no it's, it's like
1: come so on so sleazy so sleazy and he's so gross I just want to say like his girlfriend that and I'm how like, he's like this oh. is our nanny that we're gonna hire she's gonna be this and you can see the hurt on her face yes. and, but she just keeps going along with it and I'm like come on get away from this guy everybody needs to get away from this guy
0: all the things Jen all the things that guy gives me the cre- I, when he first got on camera I was like this guy's a, you knew it right away immediately
1: uh, most of the people
0: like, your your stomach just, like, turns a little Like,
1: bit. I feel like Joe has this side to him that he's just very quirky and funny. And you can feel that there's a good side to him. It, deep But down, he's very yes. misguided very in his misguided. own brain. He- yeah.
0: I feel like you know he get, he got influenced in different ways by different people, <laughs> uh-huh. and maybe if he had been influenced in a different way, we would be talking about a completely different person. If
1: he put as much of his self promotion into really helping these animals, yes. that would have been a mm-hmm. great thing. Oh yeah, but instead he was just like running for president, running, trying Doing to make governor all the things. Like just stop, just stop. Oh. Anyway, so about Jeff Lowe. Questionable backstory, very shady, so shady. He was illegally carrying lions, baby lions and tigers in suitcases, like rolling bag suitcases through hotels in Las Vegas. Oh, my God. He's a self-described swinger, and he's just gross. I'm like, who is swinging with this guy? (laughs) Um, And he also has a history of domestic abuse. So there you go. Just cherry on the top. Yep. He seems to really prey on everybody, Mm-hmm. Him. so definitely Joe just saw oh. his weakness saw that he could basically I think he was like well I can get all these animals from him like this guy is going to jail yeah he fully knew he was gonna take 100% advantage of him oh yeah um but it didn't work out so as we know from the show and if you see part two there's another character see that's why I think you should see it did you not see the one with that guy Tim Stark where he's another owner of another sanctuary maybe I did and see he a piece of work
0: that sounds vaguely familiar
1: and they go all into the doc antle stuff and his <sighs> like crazy background <laughs> so funny anyway okay so yeah so basically the ongoing dispute with carol and howard baskin like it drained all of joe's money and the zoo was like falling apart it already had a lot of problems like they were feeding the animals these tigers Like expired meat from Walmart.
0: Yeah, I remember that whole thing. And the
1: people living there were also like, this is still good. That's fine. I mean, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't have done that when I was at a point in the Peace Corps. I was like, this is still good. You know
0: the story that I waited until Honey Nut Cheerios... Was expired and went on sale because it was like nine fifty for a uh-huh. box, and I waited until it was on the fifty cent shelf. I mean, you know how long it takes for cereal to expire, Jen. Oh, and I as soon as it was on that shelf, I bought it.
1: I ate so much expired stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but still, for the an- these animals, no. We make a choice, a conscious choice to do that. Yeah. They had no choice. They were mm-hmm. just eating nasty stuff and roadkill and all. So prior to joining up with Joe Exotic, this guy had his own legal battles in 2007. I don't remember this from the show, but he was sued by Prince. What? For allegedly selling clothes with his trademark, the symbol. Yeah. On it. Man, that, that just so they kind of do talk about his weird dealings with like buying new stuff and selling it, right? And that kind of got him into some trouble. But he you know, he has his own version of it. Like, I didn't do anything. I never sold it. But and he actually said that he actually worked with Prince, mm. and Prince was like, or everybody's like, no, you, yeah, you didn't. You didn't actually work with him. Um, the Netflix series goes into his whole like private cub petting parties in vegas mm. and how gross that was so awful. he had this like jungle party bus so it's like he's mixing all his weird swinger shit and grossness and shadiness and then bringing these poor animals into it right and they're just like please
0: as a way to be like oh you can come and pet this small yeah uh yeah yeah top predator but it's still small right now
1: yes yeah. and so It was people had it on video and he was arrested because of that. He failed to appear in court for this case about the cub petting. Mm -hmm. And then he had to agree to surrender animals and pay $10,000 in restitution for their care. Mm -hmm. Um, He also claimed that animals that outgrew the cub petting parties were retired to the GW Zoo. But that's super questionable. Mm -hmm. And we also know that a lot of tigers were killed. Yeah, some of the and you'll and it's also part of the documentary that some of the caretakers had actually testified against Joe and were very upset because they took care of these animals. And I think that that's what happened with a lot of the people who worked there. They were struggling Mm -hmm. and he picked them up, but. When they got there, it's just like what we talked about with the orca episode, mm-hmm. that the idea of it at first is like, wow, I'm going to get to work with this animal because they actually care about animals and they actually enjoy it. And then they realize how messed up it is. Right. But now they're worried, well, if I leave, what's going to happen to this animal?
0: Well, yeah, who's it's the kind next of person like a? Coming?
1: It's kind of like a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily agree with what's going on, but at the same time, they're scared to leave the animals because of their you know, might get worse. Right. So the other one I'm gonna talk about is Bagavan <laughs> or Doc Antle. Okay, okay. So this is another one. You have to remember him. So he was the guy who owns the place in Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach uh and has that wildlife park. And are you looking him up? You don't remember?
0: Yeah. Let me just let me just look at the pictures. Yes, yes. yes the pictures. So again again, about,
1: yes. Chris Chu said <laughs> to start. His soul patch and ponytail combo is an absolute look. He looks exactly like what I would expect a guy that calls himself Bagavan to look like. <laughs> so Doc Antle was born Kevin Antle in Salinas, California in 1960, and I'm just going to tell you from now on as I refer to him, I'm going to call him Kevin because <laughs> that's all he deserves. That's his name. Yeah. That's his name. He doesn't deserve Doc. He do- he's no doctor. Yeah. Although he claims to be. Oh. Bagavan, I'm sorry. You're not some like spiritual you know, guru. guru. You're not. Yeah. Let's just let's just leave it there, Kevin. So yeah, he's the owner of the Myrtle Beach Safari. If you haven't watched us, please go look at photos. Yeah. Please, please, please go back. Pull it up right now. I'm giving you a minute. Just pull it up. Okay, you ready? <laughs> ready. So he grew up on an industrial farm in Salinas. His family was super rich. They own this Tanamura and Antel. It's like this agriculture company. Mm-hmm. And so instead of... Doing whatever he needed to do with his family because he's too cool for that and right. too narcissistic right. for that. He went off, dropped out of school in ninth grade, married his teenage girlfriend, who in that oh, did you? So she's in season two. Oh, and see, she is a mess. I love it. Um, yeah. So they got married. They went to this one month yoga retreat in Yogaville, and so this is a community that was founded <laughs> by what? Yes. It's a community founded by Swami. And I'm not going to say this right. I'm just going to say Swami because okay. I can't. It's going to take me a long time. He was an Indian spiritualist that mm-hmm. was really like had basically like a cult family following.
0: But like, but like Indian.
1: Yeah. Okay. But not mm, uh, yeah, no no Yeah, he had some there's some weird stuff, but who knows? Sure, it's all alleged sure, people. Sure. But people they did interview a lot of people from this allegedly. Yok- allegedly, people said he was not so much on the up and up all sure, the time. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um so his wife, the teenage wife, he, they got married, they changed their names. That's when he got the Bhagavan name. Right, right, right. He was in magic shows in mm-hmm. Yogaville. Yeah. Um and he became really close with the the guru, the main guy, the main guy. Magic shows in Yogaville. That's. Go back and look at the picture. Everything. when he was younger. Of course, like, then there's tigers that came into it. He right. was always really into animals. And I guess he claimed to have a PhD in zoology. And there's no way. He didn't graduate high school. Okay? <laughs> you don't go from ninth grade to PhD. It love, doesn't happen.
0: I love how angry you just got right there. He didn't graduate.
1: He you did have graduate. to do yeah. all the things. You the don't things. just get handed a PhD. You have to you cannot skip. complete you cannot, you gotta, high school somehow. You get you your GED. That's you, totally fine to get your GED. Yeah. But then you got to go to college. He didn't do any he of that. Get the basics. I mean, how does this is what amazes me about people. Mm-hmm. It's like... These kind of people. Right. Like they just think they can say whatever it is and it's, and it, then people it, believe it. It
0: comes to fruition. Yeah.
1: He's like, I have a PhD. They're like, and then you can see the question mark outside. The, and then he's like, pet this tiger.
0: I once I knew know. a woman who said she was getting uh, some kind of a PhD, if you will, in, I, it was like some kind of like life coachy type thing. Um, and she was like, oh, it's from this, you know, this this organization this university blah blah blah, and i looked Uh it up and it's like fully unaccredited
1: yeah you know just
0: like a random and it's i don't know those things those
1: drive me insane well so his two of his former wives and some um other former staff members Mm -hmm. they were like no that no no That never happened. And they said he never went to university. He doesn't have a college degree of any kind. And they said that he like went to China once and he got a certificate in this some sort of random medical training course. And Mm -hmm. he uh, he paid them to just give him a PhD.
0: Jen, he manifested that shit.
1: He did. You know, he really did.
0: He meditated on it (laughs) in Yogaville. And he manifested it in his magic show. And... That's how that worked.
1: It was there. Jesus. He just pooped it out. So K- Kevin was fined by the USDA for abandoning deer and peacocks at his original zoo in Buckingham, Virginia in 1989. Not cool. Not cool, Kevin. He also has more than 35 USDA violations for mistreating animals. Joe Exotic himself accused him of killing tigers in gas chambers. Jesus. To make space for future breeding. Um, and he delivered seven tigers to the Samut Prakan Zoo in Thailand, which is notably a really terrible, at least back then, Mm -hmm. a very terrible zoo. I don't know now because I haven't, I didn't follow up and look into it. Sure. But they're like, why would you do that if you, it's obviously a very bad place. Right. Mm -hmm. But probably there was some sort of like, you give me this, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Like here, I have these extra tigers. Just give me my PhD. (laughs) i'll give you these five tigers for a phd perfect
0: i'll give you five tigers and a ream of cardstock if you could just (laughs) get me one phd that'd be great
1: like i'm gonna need to see your transcript and it's just like five tigers yeah it's just pictures of tigers and crayon (laughs) (laughs) tail head ears with him with like a lot of hair blowing around yeah oh god he's something else so he also ran a charity called Rare Species Fund, which is dedicated towards protecting animals living in the wild. However, former employees of his claimed that pretty much all, they say most of, but pretty much all of the charity's donations were funneled back to him. Mm. He got in trouble for that. And in, in December 2019, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division and the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources basically raided his they caught wind of all this stuff probably because of the tiger King (laughs) series and they raided his uh, myrtle beach safari his compound his compound he was arrested recently and so this has all kind of been building right Mm -hmm. um they've been building their case against him but on recently as june 3rd this past summer he was arrested for money laundering and you can find that mugshot it's
0: I love a good money laundering story. Oh, right? yeah. It's, so that's top notch. And
1: that's because he was, yeah, he was taking money that was supposed to go to this, you know, protect endangered species. Mm-hmm. And he just was using it to like buy hair gel. I don't know what he was using <laughs> for or buy. He would make all of the women. And so you have to watch season two. We don't have to. I'll just right, right, tell right, you. Right, but right. I mean, it's he was, you know, bringing in young girls. So it's all about him and how he was abusing young girls right as young as 14 and bringing Jesus. them into his to be a wife or whatever i was like these are the things that happened in the 80s right in 90s why is this happening today it's not happening today this well, is what it, he was doing back then right right and yeah oh, this is this is like falls in line with the serial killer thing it's like people mm-hmm. were getting away with stuff back then that no one should be able to get away with right just saying Okay. like he is gross and so and then he would wear make them wear like these crazy tiger outfits or what's the um like Lycra? xena warrior kind of type oh, stuff yeah
0: yeah um yeah like and leather battle leathery suits, yeah. and made
1: them like be on these very strict diets like everybody was on a strict diet um he would make them get boob jobs like Jeez. the whole thing they talk about a little in the first one so you probably remember it i vaguely remember but part two is all about it i vaguely remember the matching outfits. That's the part that I you... remember have to watch it. We'll talk about it on oh our next episode after goodness. you watch part two. So PETA released the following statement about his bond being granted. This is for his most recent arrest. Oh, someone arrest. granted him bond? So, and their statement is Doc, in parentheses, mm. <laughs> Antel's days, because I'm like, Doc, really? You're not a- Okay. Doc Antle's days of harassing big cats for photo ops are numbered as the FBI agent who testified at Antle's detention hearing made it clear that additional federal charges are expected Within a month, oh, but uh, I didn't see anything. Peta blew the whistle on antel's apparent charity scam, and now that he faces state wildlife trafficking and federal money money laundering charges, his legal woes are mounting, oh. making it only a matter of time before this sleazy showman is finally shut down.
0: Yes, Peta, Peta coming through with those, like, real damaging words.
1: Yeah, um, I... All of these people hate PETA so much. (laughs) Hate, hate PETA. Uh,
0: I am super surprised. Whenever I hear about USDA violations, Uh I'm always surprised. It's like, they're always over 10. There's always, like, 30, 40, 70. And I'm like, at what point does USDA say, okay, like, you have accrued a lot... I mean, mm-hmm. for DUIs, it's like isn't it like third strike, you're out. You know what I mean? There's that's like all the these thing. Things. Like why, why the laws
1: it? aren't strong enough? But we'll mm-hmm. we'll go into that a little bit, and and that's it. The laws aren't strong enough, and there's also um, a big complaint against USDA for not being, you know, not being strict enough, strict yeah, enough, yeah. yeah, not pushing it enough. Yeah, but maybe they felt like they don't have the legal backing to do it. I'm sure. not sure, but I'll talk about that a little bit too. But next, I'm going to talk about Tim Stark. Okay. This guy came up in the season two and this is when Jeff Lowe was moving his zoo from the GW down to Sacreville, Oklahoma, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. and starting a new zoo, which I think he was calling Tiger King or he was using the whole the thing whole to, name. His, to his right. advantage. And he pulled in this other guy named Tim Stark. And this guy is something else. Oh, my God. He is. So Tim Stark is the former former. He still was the owner of during this season two, owner of Wildlife in Need. It's a private zoo in Charleston, Indiana. And so they teamed up and he was helping him set up that zoo. Mm-hmm. And they had a falling out. So it was, yeah, six months after Joe Exotic was convicted of the murder for hire plot against Carol Baskin. He was partners with Jeff Lowe. They began building a zoo. Um, then they fell out because Tim Stark. This guy transported 112 animals from Charleston to Thackerville. So from his zoo to the new zoo, he stopped along the way from what they say in the show was to like hook up with somebody, Mm -hmm. left them in the truck overnight and they all died. (gasps) What? Mm -hmm. Like, what is wrong with him? So they I don't know what kind of animals they were, but it was they were supposed to go to the zoo. That's So, awful. yeah. Oh, he's a piece of work. So in February 2020, the Indiana attorney general filed a lawsuit um, supported by PETA oh. against wildlife in need, alleging animal abuse and neglect after the U.S. Department of Agriculture ruled that the zoo was willfully violated. The animal It willfully violated the Animal Welfare Act. So a month later, Indiana Judge placed a temporary restraining order against wildlife in need and banning all staff and volunteers or visitors from entering these enclosures. So I'm not sure how it all overlaps because I don't know the timing of the seasons. Right. But in season two, they all come in and they make him stay off the property, which was really hard because he's super aggressive and volatile. He is over the top.
0: I think that some, I feel like whatever you hear about big cat, especially big cat owners, yes. there's like this type of
1: personality. personality.
0: Yeah. That's like very, especially if it's not like a sanctuary
1: situation. Yes,
0: If it's like for showing or like a yeah. Vegas situation, they're I feel very like aggressive.
1: Not just big cats, but all people who are into exotics that are just, they are big personalities that are very... It has this, like, uh, they think they have big dick energy, but it's yeah. like
0: not really. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Overcompensating. It's, it's like or the power of rage. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, you were saying, domestic abuse is like a common thing or like controlling mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Is, like, that's something that kind of plays in this. But then some of I watched a whole
1: episode about Siegfried and Roy. So, yeah. Siegfried and Roy is a whole nother thing. Oh, my God. Uh,. I'm not really going to talk about them, but I did watch this interesting documentary on it. Yeah. And so many different theories as to why that happened and things that had happened in the past that they covered up. Right. Yeah. So anyway, after that, I guess Tim Stark completely ignored whatever the injunction. He was just like, you all are just, you know, I mean, he's just. Yeah, he's a vile human. Of course, he wasn't winning any court battles. Mm-hmm. He lost his zookeeping license. Thank God, it was revoked. His zoo was closed, and two hundred animals were removed from the property. Wow. Um, there was an arrest warrant that was taken out against him, and this is in this is in season two. You missed all this, oh, um, and he was accused of hiding animals. That oh, so when they went there, they actually showed it that he had a trucks that he had hidden full of animals. And they were in there and it was hot. It was like July. Oh, no. But they were all okay. They got them out. Jesus. But he was like trying to hide it from the people who were evacuating the animals. Look, let me just say. Like, what kind of love of animals is that? Right. I don't get it. Yeah.
0: Uh, Let me just real quick say that like. That's like um, a hoarder
1: or a collector mentality, you know, not a care for animals. No. Yeah
0: it's treating them like
1: objects. Yes.
0: N- not like a living being.
1: What they do for him or mm-hmm. how they make him be this, whatever he wants to be. Right. Yeah, There's right. no care or love for these animals.
0: I will say at one point, I'm going to have to hide all five of my cats because I'm going to have like a little building inspection for <laughs> my place that I rent. And so I will have to, um, you know, shuttle them.
1: Just so you know, anybody who's interested in adopting a brother and sister, oh, yeah, black and white kitties, uh, they're too- still, they're sure. still up for adoption.
0: They're still available. Um, they're
1: so cute. You will love them. They're adorable.
0: Okay. Eggs and bacon.
1: What? Yeah. In season two, he goes on the run. Oh. He's just he runs for it. But they find him in New York. Somebody turns him in because they saw it. And that was in October of twenty twenty. I love it. Um somebody saw him with a grenade, a hand grenade. What? But it was just a plastic toy. So there was this whole that was the whole thing. Drama. And then because if you if his personality is just so wild. Sure. sure. And then in April of 2021, an Indiana judge permanently banned him from ever owning exotic or any animals in the future. And he was ordered to return any money meant for his business that he kept for himself, I guess. Hmm. Most of these legal battles are still ongoing. But no jail time. Uh, I think he will have jail. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't think he's in jail. I think he just had everything taken from him and he owes a bunch of money, I think. But I don't know if he's going to be further indicted. I couldn't find like super up to date stuff, right? Except for on Doc Antle, actually. Okay, so I'm going to talk next about Carol Baskin. All right, Carol Baskin. Da, da, da. I know you're going to have a lot of feelings about this one. Yeah, yeah. She was born Carol Stairs Jones on June 6th, Gemini. Oh, it's a very close to my birthday. That is very close. <laughs> on nineteen in 1961. Um, at Lake Lackland Air Force Base mm-hmm. in Texas. Um, and she's an American animal rights activist and the CEO of the Big Cat Rescue, um, She, which is a nonprofit animal sanctuary based near Tampa, Florida. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot. She's, I mean, she really does a lot. Uh, she's constantly yeah. posting things. Like, I looked up where are they now kind of thing. Yeah. You know, for all the characters. All the things. And her, she had a full a full rundown of what everybody was doing now. Mm -hmm. Like, she's really on top of it. So, basically, Joe hated her. Mm -hmm. She was trying to shut him down because she didn't like what he was doing. He hated her. And in the documentary, the Netflix people really brought up a lot of stuff about her. Yeah. So, they brought up that... I think first, like the biggest thing is that her ex husband is missing, right? Has been missing, and she's accused of his family, his ex wife, and his kids of the guy who's missing. Feels like she's involved somehow. Mm-hmm. But this guy was going back and forth on this little plane. He wasn't even was supposed to be flying, and it was illegal for him to fly. And he was flying to Costa Rica and going back and forth and doing shady stuff in Co- Costa Rica quite a bit, right, too. Right. So I don't know. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of speculation, Mm -hmm. but I can't say I wasn't there. I have no clue. I don't know Carol. All I can say is her story has always stayed the same. Yeah. And I don't see it. Yeah. I just don't see it. But that's just me.
0: I feel like the thing about Carol Baskin that I took away from it was that she used to do very similar things to petting. Yes. The um, You know. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to get there. Yeah. That's, That's right. So that was the other thing they brought up is that when she first started, She was also, and I think because this was with the ex husband, Mm -hmm. and that's what he was kind of into. Right. And so she was doing that. And but at a point, she realized that it wasn't right. It wasn't right. Yeah. And I have no blame for her for that. Yeah. This was a long time ago. A lot of people did a lot of stuff. I mean, we've all been, we've probably, a lot of us, especially if you're a certain age Mm -hmm. and up, you've been to circuses with animals growing up. You've been to SeaWorld, you've pet dolphins. (laughs) You've done a lot of stuff that you didn't know at the time, maybe because you were a kid or you were young Mm -hmm. and you just didn't know. It's just uninformed. Right.
0: And then as you got older and you learned things or you experienced seeing them in bad situations, you're like, oh, this isn't right. This isn't okay."
1: And if you go read like the PETA website, Mm -hmm. they bring up all those things. They're like, you grew up with this. It's totally normal to not see it as wrong because it was normalized. Right. And so I don't blame her for being involved in that because she did it and she realized it was wrong and she completely changed. And she spent all these years, you know, providing a sanctuary for exotic cats that need somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. And she's I mean, she's approved by PETA and all the other, you know. Yes. So she is an approved sanctuary. She's doing her bit. Whatever you choose to like or not, I'm just like, whatever. I mean, yeah. she's definitely eccentric. She has a different kind of personality. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But whatever. So she, to this day, continues to run the Big Cat Rescue with her husband, Howard Baskin. Um, she completed uh, season 29 of Dancing with the Stars after her Netflix um <laughs> Uh, debut doc, <laughs> debut, and she actually went back and tried to sue netflix because of how they portrayed her
0: well yeah for uh what's that called
1: oh a lot of people are pissed they like, were in this documentary. Or, yeah, yeah i think they were misinformed we'll go into that later but so that netflix uh lawsuit she was allegedly saying it was breach of contract for featuring them in tiger king 2 so she was like i didn't agree to that because she was in its promotional trailer Mm. um and even though she didn't participate they were like yeah you have no claim because maybe who knows in the small you know fine print Mm -hmm. they're like anything after this you can still we can still use clips
0: like your image or whatever yeah or
1: we can use clips that were filmed during season one for anything Mm. probably something like that right um so she started her own docu series, which I haven't watched yet, but it's called Carol Baskin's Cage Fight. What? It's not really a cage fight. Yeah. So it basically goes into the mistreatment of privately owned big cats, hmm. um, and including some that belong to Joe Exotic. I'm sure she goes off on all this stuff. Jeez. And she says from her blog on her website, I'm so excited about Carol Baskin's Cage Fight because it actually covers the work that we do every day and the work that we have been doing for the past 20 years, she told people in November. And she also says, I think people who watch it are going to be enthralled. Hmm. Interesting. There's, so we're almost done with the characters. There's two more that I want to just briefly talk about because they were notable to me mm-hmm. as watching it. There's a lot of characters. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the life size Chucky doll guy. <laughs> That's what a joke, Sonic called that one guy who, like, what? do you remember the guy who is in Oklahoma and he's just, <laughs> he calls him a life-size truck you know? I do not remember that. I don't remember his name that's right amazing. now. It's not coming to me. But he's like a major player in how he got caught right, with the murder. Right. For, like, he's the one that talked to the FBI initially. Right, right. Anyway, let's talk about Safaree. Um, He was a GW Zoo employee. That, that's the one that lost his arm in the Tiger incident. So... Actually with all the characters I think he was one of my favorites because mm-hmm. I was like you're he's just very nice a well, very chill human and, and, and care for the animals really cared about the yes. animals kind of you know too much cuz I feel like he he didn't advocate for himself at all no yeah at all like that should not have been okay no <laughs> he went back to work 5 days later that was
0: insane yeah. and and I do remember that he said something to the effect of like it, it, I appreciated the, you know, not blaming the animal. Mm-hmm. and like this was my fault because but at the same time i was thinking like what about the conditions that the animals are in and that you're working in and what led to you you know what i mean there are other factors besides that you're working with a dangerous animal
1: so i guess the the local news channel for wrote a piece about it in october of 2013 mm-hmm. where he further explained the incident and said that he stuck his hand in the cage the tiger was and he had like a glove on mm-hmm. And the tiger bit the finger of the glove and pulled his arm more into the cage. And the tiger reached for his coat. And it was actually the tiger's front paws that did 90% of the damage. Right. And then um, he said that he thought the tiger thought his coat and glove were toys. Right. And the tiger was not aggressive towards him, he said. It was just more of like, these tigers are freaking huge and strong and any little thing is gonna tear you up basically
0: playtime is is like when my cats play with a gecko in the house (laughs) <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs>
0: like the gecko is like not enjoying that
1: and so and eventually dies. remember <laughs> that in the in the show it was you know he was like well i wrote my name with my hand mm-hmm. that was it. like he could still write with it but it was really damaged and they said you're going to have years of reconstructive surgeries or we can amputate and he was like just amputated right i'm go-. but i'm like man <sighs> so apparently Sometimes. he opened up later about the experience to raise awareness about the impact of personal injury at work Mm. Yeah. So I think later came around to like, you know, actually,
0: (laughs) I don't remember if they talked about, you know, workers compensation or not in that situation. I feel like it was just kind of like, all
1: right, cool. Yeah. You lost your arm. Let's go back to work. And he's also an army vet and said, your injuries are permanent. They are lifelong and your job is not. Mm. So uh, he was not in the Tiger King to trailer or series and but he shares his side of the story and there's this live show called uncaged the untold stories from the cast of tiger king which i have not seen that either
0: i have thought about watching that it pops up as like a recommended thing and i'm always like yeah i should watch that
1: so the other person that i kind of liked i i guess because i felt kind of sorry for him was eric cowie you're hoping i'm going to say somebody and i might not be who is, are you thinking of?
0: Is it Joe Exotic's last husband? Oh God,
1: Dylan. That I honestly <laughs> that like of, that like seventeen year old kid that I'm like, you're too why? What is happening? What is happening? The, I know he wasn't seventeen, whatever, but, yeah, but he's he super young. young. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He had like some issues and then after everything he got all of his issues fixed. Like, oh no, you're socially. talking about
1: the one of the husbands he was with for yes. a while that had the teeth. With the teeth. Yeah. He
0: anyway. got a, he got
1: new teeth. Yeah. Well, because him and the other guy were meth addicts. Yeah. And they're like, we're actually, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're bisexual. I don't know however they feel about how they are. But they said we're not gay. It's just right. They were persuaded. I guess. Sure. That's, I'm not, I'm there, not saying that for like me. That's, that's, that's what they kind said of, in that's the That's what they said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's who we were going to talk about. Yeah. No. I don't know. Because there was like a weird, I remember there
0: being a weird thing in the show about how someone was going to get killed or something. Well, some the one of the footage. husbands, the
1: younger one, um, there's video footage of him playing with a gun and he shoots himself. Right. In an accident.
0: Yes. That's what it was. It's
1: horrific. Yeah.
0: That yeah. was, I remember having to like stop it and be like, wait, what? Did that just happen? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. That was intense. All right.
1: Continue. <sighs> Only I'm sorry. in Oklahoma. I'm, just, I'm not saying anything. there's a lot of really good people in Oklahoma, but yeah. and all of them feel the way I feel about this. OK, so the other person I thought was I, I had like a little kind of I felt like he cared. I thought I'm going to say is Eric Cowie. Mm-hmm. He was the blonde guy that was older and took care. He worked as a caretaker. Okay. Yes. Um. So he actually died in september oh um he died from acute and chronic alcohol use in brooklyn new york nice i know um so he was one that actually testified against jokes on mm-hmm. it because i remember him talking about it he finally came out he was really pissed that he killed those tigers because he took care of them he, he was one of the ones that he really cared I believe. Yeah. And he really wasn't into all the drama. He didn't care about it. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to see the animals be okay. And I think he was one that was kind of sucked into that cycle. Right. Anyway, RIP. There's the characters I want to talk about. There's so many many more. But here's the thing. Is F Netflix for this. They Mm -hmm. went into the drama. They went into the characters. They went into this whole thing. But what did it do for the animals? There was like a little blip at the end that was like, you know, this is a problem. You know, you shouldn't have exotic animals. I mean, there was like a little blurb at the very end Mm -hmm. about how it's wrong. Right. But they did a complete injustice to talking about the real problem. I mean, it's there. You can see it. Yes. But so many people were so wrapped up in the characters. They're like in the drama team joe exotic and yeah and so in famous people who were like free joe exotic and i'm like in haters of carol baskin right like what is going on it's wild it's wild
0: i feel like when i watched it it was a reality show about these people who just so happened to have a bunch of big cats like, that's how it felt. It yeah. felt like, the, yes, that was like a part of the story. But the mostly what Netflix was focusing on was these, yeah, the characters right. and how wild and, you know, like out there these characters were and they're so whatever, exotic or eccentric mm-hmm. or whatever. And they're having these arguments between each other and these shady dealings. And that was like the story. But really, the story is the mistreatment of these amazing animals who and should what not be bred missed and...
1: opportunity oh, huge missed opportunity huge. netflix yeah. disappointed and also where were the experts like the wildlife biologists
0: thank you where
1: were these people that yes. are actually do have a phd or are very smart and very you know knowledgeable mm-hmm. in big cats where were the interviews with those people right but that, there's nothing yes i was like wow
0: they didn't do their due diligence. They didn't. you know what? It's that like reality T V uh, mentality.
1: Of, Which like, I'm okay the drama. with reality TV if it's just about people being stupid in their sure. own lives. Like, whatever.
0: Absolutely. I mean, part of the reason why I watched Joe Exotic was because I did enjoy the drama. I love drama. Yeah. It's kind of a I thing. Mean, I like to watch it. It's entertaining it's
1: kind of, to watch these characters. Yes.
0: But it leaves you with a bad taste to your mouth yeah. because they don't address these real issues. Yep, And yeah, like you said, they didn't have anybody who was on there as an expert speaking. And I did feel bad for Carol Baskin that she's running the sanctuary. She seems to have had a change of heart in like how she was doing before. Yeah. A long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing that I didn't really like about how they characterized her was that there was just kind of this like instigation between both sides all the time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was like this, it felt very, uh, juvenile. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you're, that's But I feel like they
1: made it that way. Yes. And you know, you feel like all the stuff that is happening to her that they're doing to her and how much mm-hmm. they hate her. Yeah. Of course she's going to react. Yeah. You know? And... She's going to say Is something. that going to be okay if somebody's, like, threatening to kill you? Right. I mean, I just... I don't think it's okay. No. So, anyway. Aside from the horrific conditions, the mm-hmm. food that they were feeding these big cats and other animals, bears, wolves, all kinds of things, and basically just, like, murdering them. Yeah. So... Because it became inconvenient. The big issue, one of the big issues here is the cub petting problem. And yes. I'm just going to talk about it. Um, and this is what I pulled from the Carolina Tiger Rescue. They have a really nice page about it, but mm-hmm. you can find it all over the internet about what the. You can even find it on Carol Baskin's page. There you go. So, cub petting is when people interact, play, or pose with exotic cats. It's like petting them or pay to play kind right. of things. This is still out there. Mm-hmm. You can. Still do this, I guess, in some places. Um, but it's unsafe for people and animals. Mm-hmm. And they're basically, these cats are only used to make a profit and it affects them their entire lives. Yeah. So the cubs are taken from their mothers just hours or days after they're born. And I they showed Joe Exotic pulling one from under the fence. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so they do this so that the mom will go back into heat. Um, and can breed to have more cubs. The cubs are used only from the ages of 8 to 12 weeks, and then they're discarded. A lot of the cubs are underfed. They're not given a proper diet. They're kept in really small cages um, and passed off as, you know, younger cubs, uh, so they can be used longer. Mm. Uh, They're passed around to as many tourists as possible that will pay each day, regardless of how it affects that cub, Um, you know, whether they're fed or had, we're able to rest or whatever, they mm-hmm. don't care. Uh, and then the long lasting effects are that the tigers that are bred for cub are generic. And this is like in quotes, generic tigers. They don't aid in conservation because they're not a particular subspecies of tiger, right? Because the breeding is just so messed up. Um, a lot of the facilities will declaw or defang the cubs to make them safer. Well, it's basically like, you know, removing their the first joint, knuckle, the first yeah. knuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very painful. And also they can't walk like that because they walk on their toes. Yeah, So you're basically affecting everything about how they walk and how they move. It causes infections and arthritis. Um, and also because there's not proper nutrition, the cubs develop metabolic bone disease and that's when their bones don't form properly. Also leading to painful and debilitating issues when they grow older. Um, you... Really need to try to avoid places that allow cub petting. Mm. Um, this is my, you know, just <laughs> put it out. PSA um, or any kind of photo opportunities. Um, these places that do this, they're not legitimate sanctuaries no. or zoos. No. they accredited zoos. Um, this is all for money. And basically, you're holding a, an animal that's going to be discarded or put to death. Right.
0: Yeah. Why aren't these places like why aren't they illegal? Why isn't there a law against cub petting? Is there not one?
1: There were So that was the one that Carol was trying to get past. Right. And I'll talk about it a little bit. So you can find out who's accredited and who is not. You can go to this Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries. And if you don't remember that, just go to PETA and you'll find it on theirs. But it's sanctuaryfederation.org. Okay. And you click on the Find a Sanctuary. And Carol's is on there.
0: And, you know, I feel like nine times out of 10, if you're going to visit a sanctuary, you're not going to see as many animals as you think you're going to see because it's a sanctuary for the animals. It's not a viewing opportunity for people yeah. who are visiting.
1: But I'll tell you about one that's really cool Okay, where you can view them undistur- by not oh, disturbing them. Yeah. So I'll talk about it in a minute. So okay. there was a Nat Geo article from December twenty. 20- 21, And they talk about Mirage and Caesar. Mm -hmm. Those are two tigers. They were born in December 2020. And they were the last of a long line of tigers that were born at the GW Exotic Animal Park. um, And also some of the first to get be able to get out of there. Oh, nice. Get out of the Oklahoma Petting Zoo's cycle of breeding and mistreatment. So the zoo was closed to visitors since October 2020. And in December 21, there was a court decision permanently that permanently banned the zoo's owners, which were then Jeff and Lauren Lowe, mm-hmm. um, from exhibiting animals to the public in a facility or online. So what happened is they were starting to do stuff online because they couldn't do it in person. This pandemic, yeah. 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 So the U.S. Um, Department of Justice confiscated the two cubs from the zoo, and and that was in January 2021, when they were about seven weeks old. So they say, I guess they were still, I don't know, I guess they were still breeding them by then, mm. um, along with eight other cubs and four mothers. And so now they're living on more than an acre of forested land at the Wild Animal Sanctuary, which is in Colorado. That's the one I'm going to talk about in a oh, little nice. bit. That's okay. also our organization to support. Yeah. Um and as they get older, they're going to join other young rescue tigers because it's this whole big... So right now they're on an acre. Yeah. And when they get bigger, they're going to join everybody else. And there's like a 20-acre habitat at the sanctuary for them to live out their lives. That's great. So in January 2020, when that's when Joe was sentenced to the prison. Mm-hmm. Um... They say that Jeff Lowe took over in 2016. It's hard to understand the timeline because I don't right. know when they started that documentary. Right. I guess it was all the way back then.
0: It was a while. I remember that it was over a span of years because he changes quite a lot. Yeah. In the series.
1: That's true. And it's yeah, over a I guess long a lot period of time. Yeah. Um. Because it's so, the same time he,
0: yeah, like you said, uh, ran for president in 2016.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I should have put that together. And then ran for governor. Mm hmm
0: megalomania that's the word that keeps coming up in my brain
1: okay <laughs> yeah. yeah megalomania uh so the doj department of justice also sued the lows in a civil case alleging they repeatedly violated the animal welfare act and the endangered species act by failing to provide their animals with veterinary care proper nutrition enclosures sanitary conditions and placing the health of animals in serious danger mm. So uh, among the alleged violations prosecutors cited um, was a lion cub named Nala that was found by government, probably USDA inspectors, lying unresponsive in the mud in June 2020. They also documented two arthritic wolves caged on a concrete floor. A grizzly bear whose bones showed beneath the skin, a fisher cat with a lame leg, and two, and the bodies of two tigers buried under burned rubble. Oh my God. The corpses were attracting biting flies, and they were, those flies were getting on the live animals and causing, you know, they bite their ears. Yeah. So bloody wounds on their ears that were not being treated. So this federal judge ordered the Lowe's to relinquish the property to the Big Cat Rescue Sanctuary. And that's, I think that was in part two when they were trying to move everything off as quickly as they could but she did end up getting a couple of the animals carol baskin Mm -hmm. yeah that word they didn't get off uh, in time um so lowe's license to exhibit animals was that's the time it was suspended so he kept continuing to sell these shout out videos featuring these certain animals and um and there were no laws at the time pertaining to exhibiting animals online But during the time, the Department of Justice uh, confiscated 146 of Lowe's animals, the agency's largest confiscation of zoo animals to date. And they were given to various sanctuaries. I'll go into that. So they say that the case against the Lowe's marks the most aggressive civil enforcement action against an animal exhibitor in the history of the Animal Welfare Act. And that's an attorney. This is an animal law attorney. Carney Ann Nasser, and that's what she told National Geographic. She said it's extremely uncommon for the DOJ to bring a case like this.
0: Which is messed up in my mind. Just FYI. Yeah. Because there's so many cases of mis uh, like abuse and um, misuse of animals. And yeah.
1: So actually, sorry, this was uh, the Delciana, I think, Winders was she's a director of animal law program at Vermont uh, Law School. And she says that the Justice Department may have new priorities following the recent creation of the animal welfare litigation program under its environmental crime section. So they are creating more laws. That's good. Um, It's dedicated to enforcing federal laws related to the humane treatment of captive farm and companion animals across the United States. Um, and she says that she hopes it's a sign of the Justice Department will spring into action when people violate the law in ways similar to the Lows, and that it will happen more quickly than after years of suffering. So this is where the USDA probably, you know, they had all these violations right. and were citing people. Nothing They're like, was what happening. can we do
0: with this? Yeah.
1: Nobody was enforcing it. Right. There weren't the laws there to enforce it. So I would say, if anything, this documentary unwittingly brought a lot of attention. Sure. To all of these really, you know, shitty people and situations. That's a really generous
0: <laughs> take, <laughs> but I totally I totally get what you're saying. And let me just say, not that we like plan these things, but animal abuse is an indication of other things. OK, it's like usually serial killers. What That's what I'm saying is that it is. Come on. Yeah, like if you abuse animals, if you mistreat animals, well, that's what they say
1: is one of the early signs, one of
0: the early signs. And I feel like that should be something that should be prosecuted because it is an indication of other issues with mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Those are not good people. It's true.
1: So I'm going to take us back to um, a story from 2011 that I'll you'll probably remember once I start talking about it. And mm-hmm. it's so horrific. And it's also how these laws have been. They've been creating these laws because of incidents like this. And right. then, of course, you know, all the issues with big cats. So this is in October. This incident happened October 18th, 2011 in Zanesville, Ohio. Dozens of exotic animals were released from enclosures of the owner was Terry Thompson. Um, He allegedly set free 50 of his 56 exotic animals before committing suicide. I remember by shooting himself in the head Mm. on his 73 acre farm in West Sainsville. Apparently he was sick. He was going to die and
0: Mm -hmm. he didn't know what to do. He
1: didn't know what to do. And they call, this was known as the Zanesville Exotic Animal Massacre. Yeah, they they also know he was deep in debt. Um, he had an estranged marriage. He was facing house arrest um, after a year in prison for a gun conviction. Wow. So this all happened. It was um, a catalyst for the Ohio's exotic animal ownership laws. And I talked about this when we talked about the chimpanzees that a lot of states don't have laws for right owning exotic animals. A lot do. So it's just it's varied across from state to state. Mm-hmm. There are some that are like, you know, we have no laws and other ones that like we completely ban any exotic animals. Super animal. strict. So it's very yeah. strict to nothing. Yeah. And that's why they're trying to get some federal laws passed that will a you little know. blanket action. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So some of these states you can't just move to a state and be shitty. Yeah. Because you're living there. So the legislation successfully reduced the number of dangerous animals in Ohio. So that's what that let in that they receive proper care. So what happened is that there's all these loose animals. They were worried they're going to attack the animals. And um, they had called in the zoo folks to come help, like maybe try to tranquilize. Mm-hmm. And we're talking lions, tigers and bears. Oh, my. Yes people innocent humans around there was a guy that went out to like feed his horses and his horses were in a like bundled up together like oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and then off in the distance he's like is that a bear you know like he was like holy crap yeah. so it wasn't it was a real threat to people in the communities around there and it was getting dark they didn't think they could tranquilize them and that it, they would go down quick enough right something had to be done quickly they called in the deputies and they killed 49 animals, 18 Bengal tigers, Jeez. 17 lions, 6 black bears, 3 cougars, 2 grizzly bears, 2 wolves, and a baboon. Oh my, he had a baboon? He had a baboon. One monkey, I don't know what kind, was never found. They assumed that it was killed by one of the big cats. Mm. Um, there were six surviving animals that initially went to the Columbia, Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. Uh, so the next morning when the first responders lined up the carcasses and the money... It was like really muddy out. Mm. I included a picture because it's messed up. And they said, this is from Tim Harrison. He's a retired police officer and director for the nonprofit Outreach for Animals. Um, And he was there that night. He had driven from near Dayton to help. And he said, it's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Animals are humans, period. The smells, the sights, everybody was in tears. I couldn't sleep for two weeks. I couldn't stop thinking this could have been stopped. Mm -hmm what they're saying is that the thing that caught me is how many times the sheriff's deputies apologized to me for killing the animals and that's coming from dan Bean, the director of animal management at the wilds which is i guess is the uh zoo's conservation park mm-hmm. but he said they did exactly what they needed to do those guys got put in a terrible position and saved the day i mean this was terrible terrible so at the bottom line, they say no humans were harmed um, and they credit the county sheriff's office for a quick response. Um, I mean, a lot of people were upset. I'm sure people were mad at them. Yeah. But they had no choice. At the same time, they're they like, didn't want to do that. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. So now, so they said that owning exotic animals wasn't illegal in 2011. And there was no there was nothing presenting or presenting preventing people from keeping tigers in cages in their backyards or having alligators in their basement. Oh,
0: that's a thing. That's a thing. No lie. My sister down the street, Pennsylvania, there's a guy down the street from her oh who gosh. had a very large um, yeah, gator in his basement.
1: So, yeah, as of January 1st, 2014, the state law now prohibits uh, dozens of species from private ownership. So at least that happened. hmm. And then they said, without a doubt, they're based on principle of public safety, and I mean, that's really what it is. It has to be safe for people, and you don't know when people are going to flip out and do something, let all of their animals go. And why did he have so many animals? That, that what is going
0: on? And you know, it's like the level of desperation he probably was feeling, and he didn't know what to do, and he should not have had that many animals to begin oh my with. Gosh. So many things, so many factors. Really
1: terrible. So. Uh, They say about 270 animals have passed through the state's temporary holding facility for seized animals, and uh, more than half of them have been alligators.
0: That's a really popular exotic animal to keep.
1: If you want to really read the story fully, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and like there's a GQ article written by Chris Heath, and it's from February of 2012. Yeah. It's long, it's detailed, but it is good. Really, really good. So if you want the full story, go there. But I had to bring this up because... There's, you know, it's been building. Yeah. We're not seeing animals in circuses anymore.
0: That's been a big change. Yeah. I feel like the big circus companies were like, we are not going to do this anymore.
1: They're starting to shut down these private, you know, owners. Like roadside. These roadside zoos. Um, There's a lot happening. And I think if, you know, we keep pushing for these laws. Yeah. And, you know, eventually and eventually we need to get all these orcas and dolphins and out of these pools. That's got to happen. I know so there's a lot things. of people working hard for that. So this uh, the Wildlife Animal Sanctuary was in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that's our organization to support. But they made a statement. It's on their website. And I'm just going to read from it. They said um, they talk a little bit about the Netflix documentary, Joe Exotic, and how he was accused of abusing and exploiting wild animals, as well as attempting to kill one of the other <laughs> facility operators. <laughs> um, so that's all they say. They're like, we're just whatever (laughs) but there so they said in december of 2017 our sanctuary was called to rescue 39 tigers and three bears from joe exotic's roadside zoo Some of the 42 animals were part of an ongoing court case, uh, while others were surrendered by Joe after his husband had killed himself in a freak accident. Once Joe Exotic was convicted of numerous crimes and sent to federal prison to serve 22 years, Jeff and Lauren Lowe continued to run the zoo and breed more tigers. However, even though Joe Exotic was no longer present, the care and conditions of the animals declined rapidly under Lowe's management. Three African lion cubs that belonged to Tim Stark, that Mm. guy were discovered in terrible condition during a USDA inspection at the GW Zoo with one of the little lions close to death. The USDA inspector stopped the inspection process and insisted the Lowe's take the poor lioness to a vet for immediate attention. Thankfully, PETA was able to get a protective or a court order that granted the removal of all three lions. And our sanctuary made a special trip to Winniewood, Oklahoma to rescue them. Eventually, Jeff and Lauren lost their USDA license as well as the property through another court case. So they had to move the animals to a new location. That's the one in Thackerville. Right. Yet lacking the proper knowledge and equipment for such a move, the Lowe's ended up leaving 11 wolves, 3 tigers, and 2 bears behind when they reached the end of their three-month allotted time to exit the zoo. So all 16 animals needed to be rescued and brought to our refuge in southern Colorado. And then they have a video that shows uh, their team preparing the wolves to be transported. Um, It also shows the conditions of the zoo on the final day, which... Yeah, would not want to see that. Um, other characters like Tim Stark also ran into legal trouble after the show aired, um, with both state and state of Indiana and PETA suing Tim Stark to get all pos- possession of all of his animals. As a result, our sanctuary was called in to rescue another fourteen lions, tigers, ligers, lilligers, and tilligers. What? So that's when you have like a a liger and a tiger, I think combo. And a lion and a liger (laughs) (laughs) tiger combo action. I had to look it up. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, As well as two bears from his facility. In January of 2021, we were called in again by two separate federal agencies to go to Jeff and Lauren Lowe's new facility in Thackerville, Oklahoma, to rescue uh, another 14 tigers. They're part of an ongoing case brought on by USDA and Department of Justice in May of 2021. uh, Asked us to get another six animals that were in dire need of help. Uh, which we gave one Liger a home and five other big cats went to other sanctuaries. May of 2021, later the same month, uh, their sanctuary did another raid on Lowe's Tiger King Park. That's what he called it. With the goal of removing all the endangered big cats since conditions at the facility and continued to decline. Uh, he said we were charged with removing all 68 lions, tigers, Ligers, and providing a home for another 35 lions, tigers, and Ligers. Jeez. It's just insane, right? It's
0: like the most insane version of a puppy mill. <laughs> I know. It is a puppy mill, but for big cats.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot easier to home a dog too. You know, find find fosters. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like there's only so many places you can take these poor big Listen, cats.
0: I love cats, but only up to a certain size. You know what I mean,
1: right? Um, and then later that year, in August, like same summer of mm-hmm. 21. Uh, it says, under the guidance of USDA, we returned to the Tiger King Park to help remove all of the remaining animals that were left behind during the big cat removal process. There were more than 60 animals remaining at the park, which included everything from a large camel down to the tiniest kinkajou, which I'm not sure exactly what that kinkachu. is. You have to look it up. Look it up. Um and like previous raids, our organization managed near, um, nearly all of the removal and loading for numerous licensed facilities that were coming to take animals. Our sanctuary was asked to rescue 14 animals, including one kinkachu, three bobcats, one lynx, five caracals, one coyote and three wolves.
0: Uh, real quick, Jen, kinkachus, uh, they are a tropical rainforest mammal of the family Procyonidae.
1: Nice. <laughs> they're related
0: to uh, raccoons, ringtail. I guess that's lemurs, maybe. Uh, there is they're the only member of the genus Potos and is also known as the quote honey bear.
1: Oh, well, it's so cute.
0: It's super cute.
1: oh So then they go on to say another of the main characters in the series, Doc Antle, mm-hmm. aka Kevin. 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 He, too, has now been indicted by a government agency and is facing numerous charges, including one felony count of wildlife trafficking, one felony count of conspiracy to wildlife traffic, and four misdemeanor counts of conspiracy to violate the Endangered Species Act.
0: And one felonious (laughs) soul patch. (laughs) Soul (laughs) patch. Uh,
1: Fashion crime. Uh, So, and they say the day may come when many of his animals will need to be rescued as well. Yes, they will. It is happening. To date, they say nearly 150 animals have been rescued from the so-called stars of the Netflix Tiger King series. Thankfully, 141 lions, tigers, and bears that have been rescued now live and roam freely inside a beautiful, large acreage habitats at one of our three accredited sanctuaries. More to follow.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: hmm That's intense. It's intense. So the case against all of these people, um, it really did a number on the, the cub petting industry. So I guess Netflix, you sucked on this, but, you know, it but worked like out. there's, like, some level there's of awareness. Yeah. yeah, a little yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, my gosh. Um, so they say, now we've got Congress stepping in. So the nation's first federal bill regulating Big Cat ownership was reintroduced to Congress in January. Um, it's the Big Cat Public Safety Act. Now, you'll remember from season one of The Tiger King when Carol was wearing her, like, leopard yes. outfits <laughs> yes 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 and so i feel like because she is so eccentric it might have been a little much for like these legislators yeah you know they're yeah. kind of like mm.
0: they're like your hair every all the things all the things flowers. the flowers things yeah no i mean
1: it's a lot she had the best of intentions. she's trying to get this through but i think all of this helped push it um so this act prohibits private ownership of big cats as pets and it bans cub petting there's another bill, the Animal Welfare Enforcement Improvement Act, that would tighten licensing rules and more enforcement, basically. Mm-hmm. It'll also allow citizens to sue exhibitors for abuse under the Welfare uh, Animal Welfare Act. So that one hasn't been inter- introduced yet. I found this amazing site. It's called Roadside Zoo News, and it's mm-hmm. at roadsidezoonews.org. Okay. So if you want to keep up with all the crappy roadside attractions that are doing really awful things, terrible things. You go to them. They're like the people that put it on the like that put up everything. Did you see that? Um, It was on Instagram. That woman in Montana who killed and skinned a husky dog (gasps) and said it was a uh, a wolf. What? Yes. Oh, my God. And it's like pictures of her holding it up. No. And everyone's like, that's not a wolf. And by the way, is it okay to kill a wolf? Like if everybody's gonna way. get messed up by seeing a dog yeah. get killed and skinned. Same, same. Same, same. Um, so that roadside
0: attraction, is it roadsideattraction.org? Roadside, or roadside
1: or news, is roadside zoo news.
0: So are did they like uh they're like whistleblowers on roadside zoos?
1: Yeah, they whistleblow and they just put up news of people right. who are getting in trouble for whatever. So you oh, can kind of see it all there. Oh my gosh. Um, and I also, when I was in Oklahoma, I saw this, well, no, okay, so back up for a second. Well, well, I did see it on Instagram while I was in Oklahoma, but I think I saw it before I went there, but that the Oakland Zoo Instagram site mm-hmm. that they took in two tigers that were rescued from a defunct uh, roadside zoo in Western Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Mia and Lola, so you can follow them oh. on their site. Um, they're doing much better. And I was like what is going on here? Like, what is this? So I was talking, I was looking it up and I was asking my family, do you want anything? And they're just like, we don't do those things. So we don't know about it. (laughs) You know, like they don't visit that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so I guess there were some lions and tigers and some bears that were rescued from this weird Oklahoma facility. And it says that it was shut down by USDA in 20 or 2008. Wow! And somehow these animals have been just wasting away there until 2022. Like they've just been people have been coming by. Somebody's kind of feeding them and taking care of them, and they're in these horrific conditions. And so they're they're not they're oh, not well. There's like an older arthritic lion that needed a lot of medical attention that went to this Turpentine Creek uh, Wildlife Refuge. There was another tiger hybrid that was in bad condition. It had a facial wound, bowed legs, and went to the Oakland Zoo. Okay. And then the other tigers, they were in small, filthy enclosures. I mean, just gross. So I'm kind of like, how did they stay there for so long? I guess it just didn't come to light. Nobody reported it. I'm not mm. really sure. Thank God they're out of there. They're still alive. They can go live out the rest of their lives, you know, somewhere better. Yeah. Um, I also found an article about how Tiger King is not... The blackfish or big cats. And that's kind of something we talked about. There's a New York Times article that was published in April 2020 where they were saying critics say that Netflix series and its directors lost sight of the conservation and animal mm-hmm. welfare problems at the heart of the story of Joe Exotic. And yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: I mean, I think that Netflix got. Uh, producers of that show, at least, got wrapped up in Joe Exotic as much as Joe Exotic was wrapped up in himself. You know what I mean? A thousand like, percent, he yes. He definitely had that personality of, like, as he got bigger and people kind of saw him as this uh, character, mm-hmm. he became more and more of a caricature of himself. Because yes. Because you see, like, the earlier footage of him where he seems just like a guy who loves animals. Exactly. That's He's what I mean. An animal lover. I really
1: think that a lot of them start up start out that way some of them Mm -hmm. suck probably from the beginning oh for sure but there is something about him that you kind of feel like deep down somewhere
0: like he's a very a little bit naive a little bit innocent i don't think he intended to end up where he ended up yeah he ended up where he ended up because he fell in with some real bad people but and they kind of fault fed, and I yeah. still do oh, like 100% him. 100% just throw that out there he, he was a, an adult he made bad decisions in his life yeah um, I'm not team free Joe Exotic no, no by any no, means no, I'm team free these cats yes yeah. that's that's the team everybody should be on. Exactly, you,
1: that is the team. Netflix missed out on that for sure. They did. I agree. Um, it's estimated there are around five thousand captive tigers in the U.S. Jeez, more than approximately three thousand nine hundred remain in the wild. A lot of these captive tigers privately owned, living on people's backyards, roadside attractions, and I feel like PETA's doing the damn thing. So trying to kind of get this shut down. And Carol, she's she's doing her part. There's a lot of big cat people trying to do this. right? Um, and as, there's only an estimated 6% of the U.S. captive tiger population resides in zoos and other facilities accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Mm. So very few are actually in, like, real zoos or right. real... Yeah. So they also go on to say that a lot of the people that were in Tiger King mm. said that the story was presented to them as one that would expose the problem of private big cat ownership in the country. Mm it's like just like a lot of conservation themed documentaries do yeah and that that was going to be like the big cat version of blackfish which was really good and actually you know because that was all about sea world and you know, exploiting orchids. Marine animals. Marine yeah. animals, right? So they said instead big cats and the issues affecting them are completely lost in the show's soap opera-esque drama. I mean, I will say that
0: it showed the conditions that animals were in, these awful conditions. And but you had to like critically think about it.
1: Yeah, that's a thing. So they say that critics say they say that Tiger King created a glamour around tiger ownership mm-hmm. and assigned folk heroism. Yes. To the Joe exotic personality.
0: If I were if I were just Joe Blow off the street, you know uh-huh. what I mean, watching this video having no background in ecology, whatever, and I saw this, I would think like, oh, it seems easy to own an animal like that.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And also, so they say that following the Blackfish films release, SeaWorld stocks prices fell. Yeah. And in 2016 the company announced that it would an orca breeding program. Right, right. So and also the theatrical whale shows. It hasn't worked for everything. Right. So one of the things they brought up was the Cove. Uh, I guess, you know, about the dolphins being rounded up. In, oh, yeah. Is that in Japan? I actually couldn't watch it. <laughs> so I'm not. But they said it actually had like a a little bit of a backwards effect. Mm. Um, so you have to kind of find that right mix of like what works and what doesn't, but Mm -hmm. obviously this one didn't work. And it also says that the problem, and this is kind of what I felt too, but I like it that I read it in this article because it made me feel like, okay, I was right. So when talking about Carol, they said this problem, they say, was pronounced in the series portrayal of its other main character and Mr. Maldano Passage's intended victim, Miss Baskin, she and other advocates are leading efforts on to ban cub petting and phase out private Big Cat ownership through a bipartisan bill um, currently under review in the House. This is back then. So um, they say that she's been inundated with attention since the documentary's release. Uh, A lot of it is hate mail and death threats Mm -hmm. that Joe Exotic's fans set up like Facebook events threatening her and her sanctuary. Um, And that's, that's really messed up. And they say that some of the bad press towards her resulted from choices that the filmmakers made in their storytelling, one hundred percent. For instance, Miss Baskin and other critics assert that footage was edited to imply that the animals she had in her care were kept in small cages, mm. but in fact, the smallest enclosure on her property is twelve hundred square feet, and it's considered a good size. You know, for a small—that's the smallest enclosure, right? They say that um, they present a false narrative that people like Carol Baskin, who have legitimate sanctuaries, are no different than Joe Exotic, Mm. which is not further. I mean, not be further from the truth. I mean, that's and that's true. That's what they do. They try to make her seem like somehow a bad person in this. And I'm like,
0: they make her seem like she should be under investigation for murder, that there's like a true crime documentary that's going to come later about how she murdered her ex-husband and fed him to animals. Yeah. Or current husband or whatever. Whatever. They took you know a I mean? lot of
1: speculations yeah. and tried to make it. They twisted her to yeah. be
0: this kind of evil person. But then, yes, I agree on the same level as Joe Exotic that they both have the same situation because that's what he was saying, and that is not the case. Is
1: not the case. Yeah, it's really how they told their story, yeah. and it's what well, people fell into. And I have no idea. I don't like I said. I don't know Carol. I don't know anything about. I can see what the facts are. Mm-hmm. What she has done is tried to help have the sanctuary to help these exotic animals that need a place to go. Sure. She's tried to stop this, uh, cub petting and -hmm. she's really pushed for this big cat, uh, public safety act. So, Those are facts that I can lean on. Other things are just speculation. So
0: and I think that Netflix leaned on her eccentricities. Yes. They were like, look at this, you know, quote unquote, nutty woman. That's very offensive. Yeah. Uh, And like what she is, how she wears her clothes. I think, you know, sometimes I think about because I work, you know, we work in outreach stuff for Mm -hmm, animals mm -hmm. and you have to be able to like talk to people on different levels. And Mm -hmm. I think for Carol. Mm -hmm. her thing is she's extremely passionate about this one thing yeah, and it comes across as like it's a little off off off-putting to people you know who maybe aren't that passionate about and that's great I love that she is I think if she were any other person it wouldn't have come out that way right she could have been the one beacon of like logic you know Like reality.
1: Yeah. Like
0: she could have been that in this documentary, but she was not. She was definitely villainized.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. But like, I know everybody has their opinions and that's okay. But that's, this is, this is my view and Megan's view.
0: I 100% agree. I mean, she's not the
1: greatest person, maybe. I would like just. She's interesting. She's interesting. She has her background, but all I can say is like, let's. Let's yeah. focus on the, the good things. That, that, yeah,
0: exactly. Well, She has an accredited. Uh, that's the thing is that she's doing the right thing. Yeah. And people are, you know, crapping on her for that. Yeah. And that's not cool. That's
1: not well, just not because cool they don't like her. Yeah. They just
0: don't, you know, they don't like her yeah. as a person. Yeah. Uh, come on, man.
1: So here's what you can do. Yeah, let's hear it, Jen. You can go um, support that Big Cat Public Safety Act. So actually in July, this past July, it did pass through the house, mm-hmm. which everything does. Always. Yeah. But now it needs to get through through the Senate, but it does have a lot of support. Oh, that's good. If you go online and you just Google it, Mm -hmm. you'll find all kinds of ways through like petitions or yeah you, most every organization like WWF or mm-hmm. any of these you can go and they have a link to it to how you can um they have like you know those little letters set up that you yeah. can just fill it in and it goes to your senator yeah so senator, do that right. yeah easy, um easy. so we are to the organization to support we'll tear it. so of course I've told you like five times that it's the wildlife oh the wild animal <laughs> sanctuary mm-hmm. Their mission is, they say they travel across America and into foreign countries around the world to rescue animals that are suffering. Each rescued animal is rehabilitated and released into large natural habitats with others of their own kind. Their remarkable recoveries lead to a life filled with friendship, love, freedom, and joy. So currently there are more than 20,000 lions, tigers, and bears, wolves, and other large carnivores living outside of our zoo system in America.
0: 20,000. That's a lot. That's too many. One is too many.
1: So it says there are no places for them to go other than a sanctuary like ours where they can be given a new life free of exploitation and abuse. There are three Mm. locations. There's um, their main sanctuary is in Keensburg, Colorado. It's 794 acres of natural habitat. Mm. And it has this is what's cool. It has a mile and a half of elevated walkways. So the sanctuary was created by this guy named um, Pat Craig. And he created it in 1980. So this is one of the oldest sanctuaries. Oh, cool. So he had gone, uh, you can read about his story, but he went to a zoo or some. He went someplace and he he was really worried about what would happen to a lot of these animals mm-hmm. when they didn't have any place to go. So he kind of just created this sanctuary writing grants looking for money finding funders, and he got this big plot of land it's um in colorado like a big grassland Mm -hmm. and so yeah he created this walkway so that you could see the animals in their natural habitat undisturbed that's cool yeah and so he realized that the animals weren't disturbed when he was working like a certain amount of feet above them yeah but if anything was happening around them it was really disturbing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it's a cool way that you could go there and see them in their natural habitat and support support this. There's another one they call the Refuge. It's in Springfield, Colorado, and that one has almost 10,000 acres of natural habitat. Mm-hmm. And then there's the sanctuary that they call the Sanctuary in Boyd, Texas, with 41 acres. Mm-hmm. So um, they say that they've rescued over a thousand animals in the 41, more than 41 year history when they currently have over 650 living today. Wow. That's a lot. A lot of them came from this whole...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the addiction, those people's addiction to Mm -hmm. breeding exotic animals. And then now there are these places that are over... I mean, that's a lot of animals.
1: So you can go to their website and watch Mm -hmm. videos of a lot of these animals, like how where they started from and where they are now. Yeah. Um, So right now they have 70 African lions, 85 tigers, 156 black bears and 43 grizzly bears, 37 wolves, two jaguars, 12 mountain lions, five leopards, five camels. We just talked about camels not that long ago. Nine bobcats, seven lynx, 12 coyotes, 14 fox, one raccoon, just one.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. Two ostriches, six emus. Oh, no. 51 alpacas, six horses. You know, we thank you for what you do over there. That's really cool. That's the Wild Animal Sanctuary. So yeah, go check it out. WildAnimalSanctuary.org. That's very cool. Yep. I want to go there. It's, on, it's now on my bucket list. Let's
0: go, Jen. I
1: want to walk We're on doing. that
0: walkway. <laughs> on the suspended walkway. I will not go with you on the suspended <laughs> walkway because that's really high up. Um, I will watch some things from the website. I'll video it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So anyway, uh, I do want to say That there's going to be a follow-up episode to this. I'm still going to talk about tigers in my next episode, Uh but in a whole different way. um, More on the wild side. And then um, I want to see if, because I want to ask the listener, somebody recommended a book about a hunter hunting a lion that became hunted by the, I'm sorry, by the tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Hunting a tiger and the lion started. Hunting that hunter? Yeah. Stalking the hunter. That's
0: very Sabo lion.
1: It is. It is. (laughs) And it's. And so they recommended this book to me. And I have the I I'm listening to the book, but mm-hmm. I want to know who that was. So please, I couldn't find the message. Sometimes just kind of like letting you know for our listeners, um, yeah. when you send us um uh, something in Instagram, it's hard for us to find it because we can't search or messages. We can't search
0: the message content. Yeah. yeah. So
1: sometimes if we can't like we're doing something, we can't write it down right then, it gets lost. Mm-hmm. Better to send it in an email.
0: Yeah. Emails are better. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Email
1: or great. on our contact us form yeah. on our website. Just saying. So if you want to write to me, <laughs> us, <laughs> let me know. Cause I'll give you a shout out. If not, I'm really sorry. Cause we get a lot of great stories from people. I try to keep track of them and it's hard. It's, it's, I mean, you know, it mm-hmm. just, we're doing a lot. I'm feeding chickens a lot. <laughs> I don't like I'm not always able to write it down. So anyway, Megan,
0: Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Jen, for that story. First oh of all. yes, yes.
1: I now I know you got to go watch part two. Well,
0: uh, well, and also the other the that the, soul
1: patch never was... stops, never stops. Man, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the whole thing. You're just gonna hate these people so much. I can't wait. Yeah. Anyway, um, so emergency preparedness kit, Megan. Here we are. What you got? Here
0: we are. There are so many options. Oh, endless, endless options. Mm-hmm. Um all right jen so just bringing it back to some serial killer action how they had profilers right oh yeah and there's like a whole like list of things not just you know the the glasses that's
1: <laughs> right right that's kind of anecdotal can't, but yeah.
0: you can't but there's like things you know like oh, certain yeah. th- the things that happened to them when like we were younger, they, they abuse animals yes and, or they yeah. hit their head when they were young or oh, they yeah they did something yeah there's always something weird ultra
1: uber religious yeah. Mother. Ways there's, to identify there's like things. There's things. Yeah. are things to look out for. Yeah.
0: But for people who are like big cat or exotic animal abusers. Uh-huh. Right. We need something to help us profile. identify them, profile them yes. in the field. Yeah, We need a field guide to sleazy exotic animal abusers. Okay, hear me out. Love it. In the middle of it, there's going to be plates, just like how you always have in a field guide. Uh There's going to be identifying characteristics. Number one on the identifying characteristics is going to be a soul patch, (laughs) definitely. And I mean no no disrespect to people who love their soul patch. That's cool. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: It's it's all all in how you wear it. It has to be the whole ensemble. It's going to be a
0: combination of things. It's the
1: whole ensemble of how you're putting yourself together.
0: It's going to be soul patch. It's going to be, you know, like leopard print um, thongs, uh, you know, and and crazy mullet, uh, crazy mullets. But it's a combination of those items, you know. Saying you have a PhD when you dropped Obviously out in ninth grade,
1: yes. There's a yeah. It's a it's a combination of factors.
0: Yeah, hiring underage uh, girls to Marrying show animals an marry you, and yeah, show that. animals. So many things. Yeah, like I said, a combination of those items. So I think what we should have in our emergency preparedness kit to protect us, and also especially number one, those Bandana animals, <laughs> hat. combo has to be the combo
1: yeah um
0: yeah and if you do
1: wear that and it looks cool it's fine we're talking about the whole package the whole package the whole package uh
0: so yeah i think if we had a field guide to identifying sleazy exotic animal abusers that would be something very useful in our emergency i feel like pia could pick that up definitely
1: yeah yeah for sure so that that way, next time you watch one of these Netflix documentaries that has this, you'll right away be like, "Nope, nope, nope. These people are not good. Not cool. I should not support these people." Yeah, yeah.
0: support the animals. Always support the animals.
1: Go walk on that mile and a half and see some animals. Yeah, at the the animal, the wildlife animal sanctuary. Yeah. Go there. Support go those there. people.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, first of all, go to Charity Navigator and be like, "Do they even show up?" Yeah, that's usually where I start. Right. And Number I gave place. you
1: I gave you some links so you'll know which it's ones true. are the right ones, yeah. which are the legit people.
0: I love that roadside one that you have. Roadside um, zoo news. Yeah. and And I do remember when I was younger, we went through a roadside attraction where you could drive your vehicle through and then feed different animals. Items. And I remember thinking at the time, I was pretty young. I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, this is actually kind of cool because, like, they would come up to your car. And it wasn't until later when I learned things that I was like, that's awful. It's just as bad. It's just as bad, but like, even more dangerous because you're just in your car.
1: Yeah. So. so, I mean, and I think some things where you can have like a good experience with animals out in the open, like farm animals that mm. you could feed. Absolutely. And they're living their best life, you know. For and sure. You're gonna, like there's, there's a lot of good places and where you, your kids can experience like a petting type situation. Right. And at a legit place. Yes. But that's why you have to go to the Global humane, Federation of Animal Sanctuaries.
0: Agreed. And also like humane societies, if you want to do volunteer work, those kinds of things. Yeah. I also will say that if you're super into wild animals and you just really want to do something with wild animals or like hold some kind of wild animal, go find a wildlife rehabilitation center, Yep. volunteer your hours, get trained in how to properly handle wildlife. hmm do those things don't just like in a rescue situation in a rescue situation where they're getting rehabilitated and really re released back to the wild
1: yeah there's a lot of opportunities to work with wildlife in a really positive way yeah in a way that's safe for them Mm -hmm. and also for yourself yeah
0: anyway thank you so much for that story jen that was amazing yeah um and yeah i hope you guys are excited that we're back i think we have one shout out this week to our new patron So thank you very much, Terry. Welcome to the Nature Nerd family.
1: Welcome. And just so you know, we have put out, we put out a new um, Patreon episode last week. We did last week, yes. And uh, you'll be able, well, by the time this comes out, it might be like a week and a half. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) So,
1: but um, we'll also have another one coming up shortly. We're going to have some, a bunch of bonus stuff. We're going to have some science news. So. All those fun things. I hope you enjoy that. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Megan. It's so good to see your face.
0: I love it. I'm excited for uh, next week.
1: Yep. All right. You're Gonna Die Out There is produced by us, Jen and Megan, and edited by Jonathan Pillsbury.
0: We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star iTunes review on Apple Podcasts.
1: You can also support us by following us on Instagram or Twitter, listening and subscribing wherever you get podcasts, or becoming a patron
0: check out more on our website at you're going to die out there.com where you can see our awesome eco-friendly sponsors and nature nerd artisans page
1: if you'd like to send us your own stories or episode ideas you can submit them through our contact form on our website or to our email you're going to die out there at gmail.com and until next time don't die out there bye, bye.